Welcome to The Talk, a podcast about saving the world. I'm Walter Neslin, and I will take you on a road trip around Finland, Denmark, Sweden, and Norway to meet some of the most spectacular individuals, entrepreneurs, and game changers in the Nordics. In this episode, the Finnish entrepreneur and Singularity University alumni Henrietta Kekilainen came to visit me at Södertjaten in Stockholm to talk about her company, Carbo Culture. What this company does sounds almost like science fiction. They harvest carbon dioxide that would otherwise end up in the atmosphere and transform it into stable form carbon, ready to use for new applications. We had a great conversation about her background and entrepreneurship, but also about how the soils of our planet are quickly getting depleted and have less than 60 years of useful harvests left to produce food for us. In the midst of all this seriousness, we also managed to have a lot of fun. So get ready to have fun and be inspired. And here is Henrietta Kekilainen. So Henrietta Kekilainen, so good to have you here. Oh, thank you. Welcome to Stockholm. Thank you so much. Wonderful to be here. Who are you and how are you saving the world? <laughs> um, I guess I would categorize myself as a climate or carbon entrepreneur. So basically, we have a new technology to turn waste biomass into a very highly valuable functional carbon, which means that it stays stable for hundreds of years and it can be useful in many different applications. So really in this way, we kind of hack the carbon cycle and don't let the carbon get back into the atmosphere, but instead turn it into a useful form and, and sell it uh, to to good causes. Wait, so just <laughs> to clarify, so if this was my room, it's kind of like a room that cleans itself up. Um, Is that a way to look at it? <laughs> I haven't thought of it that way. <laughs> um, but let's just say that we have this trillion ton debt up in the atmosphere that we need to get down in some way. And the fastest way to do it is not to try and take parts per million out of the atmosphere ourselves, but actually leverage nature's capability of doing it already. So we let nature take the carbon down through photosynthesis to to all the waste biomass, and then we convert that to a stable form instead of trying to invent the wheel uh, again. <laughs> but this this sounds almost too good to be true. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you have if you have ch- kids uh, as I do, you know that you can clean up the entire house, and the kids will get there, and then there will be like somebody. Everything is just spread out in the atmosphere of my house. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens to the carbon right now. You bring it up from the earth and, and as oil and whatever, and you yeah. spread it out in the atmosphere. And then you, then you come in and you just clean it all up and put it in, the, in a little jar. <laughs> you brought the jar, actually, with yes. that carbon in it. Yes, I have a little jar with one and a half pounds of CO2 in a stable form. Um, it's kind of like another way of looking at it is that carbon is not a bad thing. It's a very useful element. It's the fourth most abundant element in the universe. We are carbon, our clothes are carbon, our food is carbon, everything is carbon, but we just have it in the wrong form in the atmosphere right now. And we need to figure out how to take it down and put it into something else. And and the carbon you get, because I have this jar, let's see if you can, as a listener, you can't see it, but it's (laughs) the jar. And uh, I'm going to make sure we take a picture of this jar. So what can you do with this 
Well, I guess you could do a lot of things, but what are some of your, you know, the applications you have right now? Yeah, so so one of the most exciting applications is actually that this carbon can heal soil. So so we're of course everybody is dependent on soil, growing our food and growing trees that that clean our air, etc. Um, but our soils are also in actually a really really bad state. So the UN has estimated that we have about sixty harvests left until we've depleted all of our soils, which is. Uh, pretty bad. Wait, it's 60 harvests? Yeah, that's less than 60 years. Wow. Um, in some places like the UK, it's estimated to be 30 to 40 years. Um, so we really have to fix the soils. So what we're trying to do in a nutshell is clean the air and heal the soil. I just know how my soil works in my garden. <laughs> you know, you have to fertilize it. And unless you do, nothing will grow. And, yeah. and that's kind of what you hear if you listen to nutritionists. They say that, you know, you do just don't have the same amount of nutrition in uh, in your greens anymore. Yeah. Is it's, that true? Or? It's, um, I was blown away when I started looking into soil. So actually, it's really, really interesting. And uh, we we call it dirt, but actually it supports all life on Earth, on land. And uh, it's, it's made up of this kind of microcosmos kind of like our own microbiome. It's billions of different bacteria and fungi working together and, and this like immense life there. And that's what you want to support. And that's what gets you the nutrients into your food. And that's what keeps us all going. And if that life kind of starts dying out or you have too many toxins or, or you compact the soil or it's eroded or something, then you're going to start losing it. And then you're going to start losing the capability of the land to, to produce stuff. Wow, that's going to be a problem. Yes. For everybody who likes to eat <laughs> <laughs> and I'm one of them. But just I, I want to get I want to get back to this and talk yeah. more about this, but before we do, I would just like to have a background on you. How did you how did you because you're actually saving the world here? Trying a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> What's your background? Um, I'm an entrepreneur, so I started a couple of things before, scaled up a few organizations. I'm a university dropout, uh, <laughs> but I went to a special place called Singularity University some years ago, six years ago, actually, time flies, and I met my co-founder there, and it was kind of like a group of people brought together from all around the world, and they had us sit down and think for three months at NASA in this kind of a pretty boring research park. It wasn't like uh, shiny and, and <laughs> supercomputers, but in any case, uh, we were on the on this boring side of NASA and uh, there was 80 people who all had this mission that we want to leverage technology for the good of humanity in some way or the good of Earth or, or whatever, but for, for something useful. And so I met my co-founder there and, and he was an avid carbon engineer. And, and we thought that, okay, if we don't solve this environmental problem, everything else is going to be pretty obsolete as well. So let's start. What's the name of your company? Carboculture. Carboculture. Yeah. Okay. Where does the name, where does the name come from? It comes from culturing carbon. So in the same way that we have agriculture, I want to start a culture of culturing carbon. So actually seeing it as a useful material. For those listeners who don't know about Singularity University, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's kind of like a an interesting organization. Back then, I went to their flagship program that they've changed a little bit now, but but that was like a program where they brought people very different age, very different skill set. It was a completely multi-diverse 
group. So some people were technologists, some people were designers, some people were humanists, and they brought them together and, and gave them this experience to, first of all, think of something new, and then second of all, to, to be kind of empowered by presentations by some people from the ground working on challenges or technologists working on the like latest technology trends and stuff like this. But they're, they really seek to inspire people to understand exponentially growing technologies. So technologies such as, um, you know, um, artificial intelligence or perhaps nanofabrication or something else like this that could rapidly continue to exponentially grow and also the challenges that we're facing. So it's an interesting organization and they do also Nordic programs uh, in some of the capital cities. There were recently some summits. So um, if you're interested, they have a few day summits here and there. I would definitely recommend everybody to check that out because I'm fascinated by what <laughs> happens there. And I just want every school to be like that. <laughs> Can we fix that? Either? Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think SU's biggest power is that they draw together very interesting people. So everybody in my class was just as impressive as the speakers that we had there during the summer. Okay, except that we ha happened to have the privilege of having the late Hans Rusling there, which was, of course, an immense awesomeness. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in any case, the people at the summits, to my understanding, and also are very different thinking people. So That's true for... A lot of things I think that the people there are what sets it apart because everything is on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Even, you know, you can watch every one of those guys basically on the internet. Yeah, But exactly. when you bring together people and can you can, you know, talk together and be creative together. And for me, it was a life, life. Um, let's not say life-changing, but life-enhancing uh, experience because I had always wanted to act and do something and figure out how to actually change the world or, or the status quo for, for the better. And I first started off in kind of like the diplomacy track. I was uh, working for the foreign ministry as a trainee and, and stuff like this. Uh, but then I found entrepreneurship and that was definitely my vehicle. I fell in love with it immediately with the speed and the power and kind of like that, that you can build something ground up. And then Later on, I stumbled into SU or, or got taken into the program. And then I found my people, that there were other people who were incredible and they were thinking of also changing the world for the good. So suddenly it went from this narrative of like, oh, nice, nice young girl trying to do something good. That's very cute. To like having the brightest technologists in the world around you who also want to do something that have there's been amazing like stuff coming out from there and and that's what really impressed me and and made me feel stronger about my own mission when you get an idea like this okay yeah. so i want to bring the carbon from you know the spread out carbon in the atmosphere into useful form how do you start you just have to start <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's the hardest take me through the steps here <laughs> How did you do it? Uh, actually, we, um, my co-founder had found a professor who had been researching this technology for over a decade, and he was a genius in his own field. So we went to meet the professor and later on licensed the technology. And then 
from that that point onwards, we've managed to develop it ourselves. So there's a point of uh, academic research and science and very basic testing, etc. And then there's the commercialization phase, which we're in right now. So our pilot facility is about the size of a few shipping containers. And now we're growing it in, in a few steps to, to be the full commercial size. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff involved. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, and we have so so little time <laughs> to explain it all. But you, so you're building a kind of like a working prototype that is built for to, to scale. Yeah, that's basically basically what you're doing. Yeah, and we're doing it a little bit like backward. Um, I've spoken to a lot of industrial entrepreneurs who didn't do so well, and I tried to figure out why they their things didn't go so well. And what we're trying to do is actually make keep the plants kind of agile. So we're never going to grow them to some humongous scale, put them somewhere in the middle of nowhere and then transport everything to and from, but instead have this kind of a distributed model of of, of production, which serves our clients better and serves us better and is less risky, et cetera, et cetera. So, so trying to kind of find new ways to to do manufacturing in this era. The benefit of that is bigger than the benefit of scale mm. in one plant. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. we use waste as a feedstock material. So there's no point in transporting the waste around. So rather have our, our system right next to the waste because then we don't need to do all that hassle in the beginning. I have this vision in my head that I think that we should be able to unite the Nordic region even closer and work better together. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. We have such amazing powers in this region. I mean, and we're good at different things. How could we work together better as a region in the Nordics? I honestly have thought about that. I have dear friends in in Norway and Sweden and in, in Denmark. And there's no reason why we shouldn't have like absolutely free mobility of you know, labor and startup workers who come from outside of the Nordics to the Nordics to just shift around or or one thing that would be if I could wave a magic wand and do one thing, I would start a Nordic form of company. This sounds a little bit boring, but in the States, they have one entity that everybody uses for startups and all the lawyers know it, all the investors know it. And it's just so easy because everybody makes a Delaware company. Nobody does anything else. Not because they've ever been to Delaware, but because it's the form that everybody uses. And we need something like that because we have a really broken system for for startups. There's like so many different... First of all, they're all kind of foreign languages to anybody coming from the outside. Our legislations are different, even though we're so close to each other, of course. So there's no reason why we can make one form of, of a company and then just have it uh, cover the Nordic region. I don't understand why... Probably Estonia will do this quicker than anybody else. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is something that Europe should have done a decade ago. And now we're like late and that's why we're losing companies to the US as well. Yeah. Um, so we really need to need to figure out something that unites us and unites us like looking from the outside as well. Yeah, uh, you just inspired me. I'm going <laughs> to, this is, because this is my vision and I'm now going to make it my mission okay, to awesome. make this happen. Yes, please. This, yeah, and this was, this is actually a, a very practical, good idea to create a, a legal entity like that. And, uh, you know, probably a lot of legalese uh, difficulties <laughs> with that. But uh, I know the lawyers are going through like all the problems with that in their oh, head yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are so small. Each country is so small. But mm -hmm. we, we do produce disproportionately you know, great things up here. Yeah. And if we could unite the powers that we have, I mean, 
it'll be amazing. So if I want to know more about um, uh, Carboculture and about you, how can I get in touch with you in the company? You can go and follow us on Twitter, Twitter slash Carboculture or Carboculture.com. We're coming out with some some new things later on this this fall. So so please uh, check us out and, and follow us. Give us a follow on Twitter. And also, if you would like to reach out to us, hello at Carboculture.com works as an email as well. Great. Thank you so much for coming to Stockholm. <laughs> oh, it's and been my pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. <laughs> Cheers. Hey. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, I think you will love the ones we have in the pipeline for you. We have some truly amazing guests coming up. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast player to make sure you don't miss any of them. Also, we would love if you could help us rate this podcast on iTunes to help us spread the word. That makes a huge difference. I'm Walter Nestland, and I look forward to seeing you soon in the next episode of The Talk, a podcast about saving the world by Nordea Private Banking.